0: Welcome to this week's edition of Mountain Outhouse News. I'm your host, Jam Jam. This is the craziest shit to happen and running this week. This week's stories include FKT confusion at Tunnel Hill, the new and improved Angeles Crest 100, and which ultra courses are burning in California. On the heels of two major ultra lotteries taking place to December 1st, comes a new one for 2019 with the AC 100. Details up until now have been uncertain, but a couple of posts over the past week have clarified things. And I like what I see. The lottery period will run from Monday, December 3rd to December 6th, giving you a couple days to cry out your post Hard Rock and Western States lottery disappointments before applying for the Angeles Crest 100. The first major change is the lottery will be conducted on ultra Sign Up and will be weighted. You'll get an extra ticket in the lottery for every year you don't get your name pulled You'll also get extra tickets for every AC100 finish you have. Hmm, well, that gives me three right there. Thanks, Ken. If you prefer to run in the solo division, you get one more ticket. They will pull 220 names and have an additional 30 spots for volunteers, sponsors, and sterling silver ticket winners. Wait, what's that, you ask? The next exciting feature of the new AC100 is similar to the golden ticket scheme for Western states. The top two men and women finishers of the Avalon 50 mile, Leona Divide 50, and Angeles National Forest 50K will earn auto slots in this year's AC100. Pretty neat. Well, that about sums up the new lottery, but also interesting is Jacob Herman, who was the webmaster and also co-RD up until recently, when he announced his resignation October 22nd. He worked tirelessly for free for the AC100 organization since March of 2014, saying he coded over 22,000 lines of code and was the driving force between many new changes, including the registration date, waitlist, refunds, and ultra sign-up. Maybe Jacob's departure was the impetus for more of these changes, I'm just not sure. But regardless, he and Ken Hamada, who's the race founder and director, have mended ways. Jacob has announced he's back on board. Pretty cool to see that and the other changes. Might have to throw my name back in the ring. Anyone else? I really do love that race. On the heels of last week's Runner's World article comes this gem. Apparently, a man by the name of Keith has bandited the New York City Marathon 13 times, and I guess he wears the same outfits of yellow shorts and the same white shirt. He's also sure to nab a photo in front of the official finisher banner, wearing his official finisher medal, and big grin on his face knowing full well he's ripped off the race and all of the other participants who've entered honestly. Come on, bro. Road running can be quite hazardous. Take this next story, a half marathoner was hit by a bus at the Vancouver Fall Classic. A bus struck him after, get this, he was pacing his friend in the half marathon for a couple miles before starting his own race. He registered for the 10K, He stepped off course and turned back to head to his own start line when he was struck. I guess that's what you call instant karma. Damn, people. Just sign up for and run the race you want to be in and stop running races you haven't registered for. It's not that hard. On to some ultra content. First, we have a new race to report on coming April of 2019, and it's one we haven't heard of before. It's dubbed the highest race in the world. Located in Joshua Tree, California, how can that be? Well, okay, it's actually held on April 20th and is a fixed time event starting at noon, ending at 4.20 p.m. It's the 4 hour and 20 minutes of Joshua Tree. Get it? Registration opens January 1st on Ultra Sign Up if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, a quarter pounder, man. <laughs> The Tunnel Hill Ultra was back this weekend, and Zach Bader showed us once again, proving why he's the best 100-miler of our generation, possibly of all time. He threw down a 12-hour, 8-minute 100, which is held on a USATF-certified course. They call it a certified gravel road, but yeah, I guess it's technically a trail. There isn't really a governing body that recognizes a separate record for a 100-mile world record on trail but this is probably as close as you can get to a certified trail experience. This is the same course where last year, Camille Herron set her 100-mile world record. Yes, it can be certified as a world record because it is recognized as a road by USATF. Following up for the second straight year was bridesmaid Mike Bialik, who quietly continues to crush the 100-mile distance as well. He ran 12.56 this year, following up his 1302 last year, and a 1252 when he won in 2015. Quite a few people covering this record have been calling it an FKT, or fastest known time at 100 miles on trails. Well, at first glance, that kind of makes sense. If you know a little bit more about the history of the phrase fastest known time, you'll likely feel that cringe running through your body. No, God! No, God, please, no, no! No! Okay, a quick FKT history lesson, and on records in general. Races have course records to compare times across different years. This can even be problematic as courses can change year to year, as well as offering different conditions. But at least we can roughly compare where the winners stand amongst each other year to year. As for different races, At the same distance, this is pretty easy as long as the courses are professionally certified and measured. USATF does this for us here in the US with a course certifier who comes out with a tuned bicycle and rides the course multiple times. A certified 100 mile course in Ohio can then be compared to a certified 100 mile course in say California. This becomes nearly impossible for trail races, as rocks, steps, and other terrain means they can't get an accurate reading for certification. The only TRAILS that can be certified are those that are essentially dirt or gravel roads. They're smooth, gradual, and do not have typical obstacles seen in trail races. This is what Tunnel Hill and Umstead 100s are. Now, say you want to compare a time on a route that isn't a race and doesn't have a field of runners. Maybe it's a route in a wilderness area or a national park that can't have a race due to permitting. Enter the FKT or Fastest Known Time. This was popularized by Peter Backwin and Buzz Burrell after running the John Muir Trail in the year 2000. Rooted on long-distance thru-hike or run culture, it has now grown to encompass routes all over the world. From their Fastest Known Time website, The guidelines specifically state that an fkt must be a notable route distinct enough that others may want to repeat it It can be of any distance or time duration any surface road trail or off trail and be focused primarily on running or hiking only not climbing or kayaking and cannot i repeat cannot include an official race so essentially if it's a race you can compare times from year to year using a course record but for routes that aren't races, you can compare times using the fastest known time. As far as what Zach did, it's essentially an unverified trail best at 100 miles. That is, if you consider a gravel road a trail. As far as governing bodies are concerned, like the IAU, they've done away with separate surface records and don't care if it was run on a track or a paved road or gravel road, They will only ratify one record per distance as long as it is run on a certified course and fits their other criteria. For 100 miles, that's 1128. Thanks for that, and let me know if that made any sense. We'd love to hear Buzz and Peter's take on people's propensity to call what Zach did an FKT. Whew. As for other results, we head to Georgia for the Georgia Sky Summit. We saw Amanda Morris win on the women's side in five hours, 41 minutes, and Dennis Bauer win in five hours, three minutes. Over in Texas, another 50K with a lot of climbing went down at the Franklin Mountains, which capped off the US Skyrunner series. Kelsey Brazier was the women's winner in six hours, 12 minutes, with Nicholas Glatt winning for the men in five hours, 45 minutes. A familiar name on the mountain running circuit, Timmy Parr won the 27K in two hours, 49 minutes, with Danny Moreno winning for the ladies, in three hours 18. Our hearts go out to all of those being affected by the devastating California fires. Even our ultra running community is being hit close to home. Southern California race director Kiera Henninger produces several races in the Santa Monica Mountains near Los Angeles, home of the famous Backbone Trail. Her races include the Ray Miller 5050, Sean O'Brien 100K, and Paramount Ranch Trail Runs. Though I haven't seen an official announcement, It appears the devastating Woolsey fire has consumed a large portion of these courses, making them likely unusable for this winter season and maybe beyond. Thoughts to Kira and all of the others affected by the fire. Be sure to check out her Leona Divide race next April and show up in force. We'll have more updates as we learn more. This weekend's Endurance Challenge Series, California, is also threatened by cancellation due to unhealthy air quality levels from the campfire, which already cancelled the Mount TAM 50K this past weekend. Also happening the same day is the historic JFK 50. On the ladies' side of interest is Western State's former champ Casey Lichtai stepping into the field. A lot more depth on the men's side, including defending champ Eric Sensman. How does that feel, Eric? Hey! Yeah, yeah. The Pusey Brothers. Jared Hazen, Jeff Burns, Anthony Kunkel, Ford Smith, and Jim Sweeney are also towing the line. Should be a fast one out there. <laughs> and we end this show on another sad note. The tragic shootings in Thousand Oaks have hit home in the endurance community. Team RWB members Dan Manreek and Justin Meek were amongst the victims. Dan was a Pacific Regional Program Manager for Team RWB, who was a Marine Corps veteran. Also lost was Justin, who was a member of the Inventura County Chapter. Thoughts go out to all their families. For more information on Team RWB, please visit TeamRWB.org. And with that, thanks for tuning in to episode 119 of Outhouse News. Thanks for checking out the show, and we'll see you next time. If you have crazy stories to share, or a question or feedback for the show, please leave a comment below. If you'd like to directly support the show financially, consider becoming a Patreon supporter of this channel, or pick up this custom pair of Jam Jam's taco sunglasses. Link below. Have a week. Thank you.